All right, guys, how are you doing this morning? Welcome to Transformation Church. It's good to see you. And I am Pastor Brad. Uh, I'm the executive pastor here at TC, and we are excited to be in the Unplugged series. How many of you guys have been enjoying the Unplugged series so far, right? Everybody enjoying that so much? So uh, we are super excited to be in that. It's so funny. Some of you guys have heard me tell this. We went to go film that, uh, this promo for the series, and we get out to film, and the interns were asking me, like, hey, are we gonna have to stage all of this? And I was like, pretty sure we're gonna have to stage, like, the first three or four, but then people are gonna get, like, bored or just gonna fall into their natural habitat, and they're just gonna, so by the second half of the video, starting around Tommy in the park uh, and on out, that was just everyone doing what they do in their everyday life, which is staring at their cell phones uh, while they're surrounded by people. So all the food and the dinner tables and stuff, that was actually people just looking at their phones while they were at dinner with other people. So, uh, but anyways, it's really good to be in the Unplugged series. And uh, how are you guys doing today? Good? Man, we have avoided the rain per almost completely for two days in a row. That is worth clapping right there, right? Yes. So, man, we're, we are, uh, it's someone built an ark. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's getting crazy out there. But let's get right into it. The Unplugged series today, uh, we have gone through two portions of the Unplugged series and Pastor's sermon last week uh, could almost get just dropped right into the series because he did a phenomenal job. And then uh, we are back this week to finish up the series. And today we're talking about elevating the essentials. Turn to your neighbor and say, elevate the essentials. That's right. So get out your sermon notes. We're gonna get ready to go through those. And uh, as we're getting into it, I, I was thinking... I was talking with a couple older uh, gentlemen, well, a gentleman and a lady. When I say older, they're like both between the two of them, they're somewhere between 45 and 65. Uh, sorry if I offended some of you when I said older by putting that. Anyway, so, uh, but we were, I was talking with them and we were, it was funny because they were talking about their high school reunions and one of them had just had a 20 year, one of them had just had a 30 year high school reunion. And so they were talking about how it was full, it was cool and fun to go to their high school reunion because they got to see all the people that they had not you know, they didn't know what, who is doing this job and what are they doing now? And are they married? Do they have kids? And I was like, my generation doesn't have to do that. Like we can just get on Facebook, right? Like we just get on Facebook, like, oh, that person's got fat and that person has six kids, you know, and awesome. So we don't have to go to high school reunions. But anyway, so uh, today we're talking about the Unplugged series. We're wrapping it up today. And the whole point of the Unplugged series is we're talking about how social media and technology tends to control our life. Uh, and if, it, if for you, we've already had people come up to us throughout this series and they're like, uh, social media or technology doesn't really control my life. Like, I don't particularly care for each one. I'm like, all right, fine. And magazines and TV guides or whatever controls your life, right? I don't know what it is. So, sorry, young people, TV guides are these things we used to get in the newspapers that we would, we could flip through and see what was coming on the TV. So, oh, crap. T newspapers are these things we used to get every morning. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, and so here we are. We're going to get ready to go finish up the Unplugged series today. We're starting with our theme verse for the whole series, which is Colossians 3, 1. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. It says, to, since you have been raised with Christ, since we have been brought into the love and the faith with Christ, set your hearts on the things that are above where Christ is. That means that we have to put down, we have to let go of the things that we become so easily consumed by in life. We have to let go of those things and put our hearts where Christ is, the purpose that Christ has, the, the fulfillment that can only be found in Christ, all those things that are connected to our relationship with Jesus. We have to put our hearts there. We have to put our minds there. Why? So that we will be completely fulfilled by what God wants to do in our life, not completely distracted by the things that are going on around our life. And so that is what we're talking about with the Unplugged 
series. And with that, one of the things that we were looking at when we were talking about the Unplugged series, and, and it was a quote that uh, I had kind of wrote out today, uh, I'm sorry, this week, uh, and it's this quote, it says that we cannot disconnect the narcissistic habits of the selfie culture from the self-absorbed fall of Satan himself. Let that sink in for a second. What does that mean? When Satan, uh, if you're new to this thing, Satan uh, at one point in time was an angel. He was kind of God's right hand. Um, And then he thought to himself, man, I would love to be worshiped like God. I would like to be like God. I would like to be as good as God. I would like to be as notable or as as worshiped like I am God. And so he, uh, in that, became so self-absorbed, so passionate about himself and getting glory himself that he actually fell from heaven. Um, And then there's a long story that happens after that, and that is not today's sermon. But in that, right? In that what we have to recognize is that our desire to constantly be affirmed, our desire to constantly take selfies and have people talk about how good we look and how the self, the narcissistic portion, the self-affirmation, this self-absorption that we have and that technology and social media tends to encourage is actually connected more to who Satan is than to what God wants for us. Y'all quiet this morning. That's okay. We're going to get started. So let's get to Galatians uh, chapter 5, 22 and 23, because that's kind of the theme verse for today. But the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that resides in us, the, the, the fruit of who God is for us is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many guys will recognize that these are things that we constantly wrestle with in life? I said, how many guys recognize that these are the things we constantly wrestle with in life? I don't know about you guys. I could use more love. I could use more joy. I could use more peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I could use more of all of those things, which means I could use more of the Holy Spirit in my life, which means even though I'm following Christ and even though I love Christ, even though I've committed my life to pursuing everything that Jesus has for me, I still got a little bit of a ways to go. Turn to your neighbor and say you're not there yet. Your neighbor's looking at you like, you're telling me you ain't there yet. Don't try to come at me like that, all sideways and stuff. Anyway, so, so today we're going to talk about four things that the essentials provide, right? So we want to get away from our approval addiction like we talked about in week one. We want to get away from our distractions that we talked about in week two. But today we're talking about getting away from those things. And now we're going to put our focus on the essentials that God has for us. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. He has something he wants to do in your life and through your life. He wants to plug you into something that's bigger and better and greater than anything you've experienced before. And it ultimately circles around his plan for you, which oftentimes is not the plan for yourself. Can I just like give you that plug already? Usually what God wants for us is slightly different to completely different than the thing we would have chosen for ourselves. How many times have gotten to the end? How many times have we gotten to the end of a certain circumstance in life? And we're like, wow, I really see how God worked that out. But if God had showed it to us beforehand, we'd have like opted out of that contract. You know what I mean? Like, mm, I don't think I want to go through that. Thank you though. <laughs> Yeah, but the end is going to be here. Yeah, I don't care. I think I'll just skip that. You know what I mean? Like, let's detour around that. No, why? God has a plan for you, and he's going to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. So let's get moving. The essentials provide, number one, peace beyond our comprehension. Peace beyond our comprehension. Many of us never experience true peace because the simplicity of the Christian life that Jesus spoke about is clearly not where our ambition lies. 
Like, I don't know about you guys, I, I talk to people all the time about living simple lives. Uh, and people come to me and they want a recommendation. Hey, we're thinking about selling our house and buying another house. Why? Uh, just because. I'm like, that's a terrible reason to do that. Like, we, we need to, one of the things that social media does is social media continually drives our desire for fame. Uh, it drives us to acquire things. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, oh man, look at that new car that they got. You know, like, oh yeah, I could use a new car. Well, you don't need one. But it drives us desire to acquire things. And then it drives this fight against contentment, right? Where we constantly want the next thing. Like all of us are trying to keep up with the Joneses through social media. And if your last name is Jones in here, I'm sorry, but we all hate you. No, I'm just kidding. It's not what I'm saying. So what, like what, we have this drive, right? Like, oh man, look what that person's doing. I would love to do that. Look what that person has. I would love to have that. Look where that person's going. I would love to go there, right? You see someone on Instagram, they're posting a picture from Paris and you're like, oh, I would love to go to Paris. So what do you do? Like you start, oh, I wish I could do that. And then you go talk to your spouse. I'm like, I want to go to Paris. And then it starts this huge argument and the kids are mad and someone kicks the dog all because you were on Instagram. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like terrible. So what we need to, <laughs> some of y'all are like, man, that happened yesterday. That's crazy. No, listen, we need to obtain peace in our life where we are content with what God is doing. Listen, I, we are always striving, me and my wife and our marriage, and we're constantly striving for the greatness that God has for us, but we're never seeking things beyond our contentment. Listen, I like things. I don't know about you guys. I like to have things. So I'm like, this is something, but I'm a simple guy, right? Give me a cheeseburger. Y'all know, hey, listen, hey, with bacon on it? Come on, man, look, come on. So give me, a, give me a bacon cheeseburger, a gun, and something to blow up. We can have fun all day, you know what I mean? Like, it ain't, it's really not that hard. <laughs> the problem is, though, is what happens when the thing that brings me uh, all this joy and stuff, we're gonna get that in a second, what happens when all that disappears? And so that's the thing that we have to grab a hold of. I remember I was... Uh, I went by Starbucks this week. Sometimes it's hard to study in the office because there's always stuff going on here and I don't study at home. I've got two pit bulls that run around the house and whatever. So like sometimes I'll go to Starbucks, the drowsy poet or something, and I'll just sit down with my laptop and I'll study. And so I, I went this week, I was sitting at Starbucks and I, we go and I sit down to study and there's this guy there, right? No cell phone, no iPad, no computer. He's just sitting, drinking coffee, watching people. And it was freaking me out, man. Like, for, I'm sitting there looking at this dude like, mm-mm, mm-mm, you know? And so I look, I'm a, I'm a pretty big dude, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking. I got, like, my American flag shirt on, you know, America, you know? So I got, like, I'm rocking that, my American, like, and so I'm, I'm looking, like, patriotic-ish. I look over, there's another dude about my size. He's wearing the same thing, like a don't tread on me shirt. And instantly, without saying a word to each other, we were both thinking the same thing, you know what I mean? Like, if something pops off with this dude... It's just me and you, man. Like, we're looking around. Like, that dude's wearing skinny jeans. He, he's no hope for us. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, even if he was concealing something, like, no, that ain't happening. Look over. There's two more, like, flaky-looking dudes. We're like, so we, me and him have both agreed non-verbally that it was going to be between us to take this dude down if something popped off. Now it didn't, right? Like, essentially, he was just drinking his coffee with, no, with nothing to do. But it was just weird, man, you know? But it was funny because I was thinking to myself, like, this is exactly what we're trying to accomplish, right? Like, we're, we're talking about a peaceful life that's very simple and not being consumed by it. But actually witnessing it with my own eyes, I was like, this dude's up to something. I don't trust him at all. Like, 
manager, y'all need to check him. I don't know, like this is a flight stewardess, boom. You know, like anyway, so we need to have peace like that guy had peace, you know, just less creepy. So we need to have peace beyond our comprehension. But in all honesty, man, like we need to slow down life. We need to simplify life, but we need to be content with what God is doing in our life and be content with what we're pursuing that God has for us, right? And then the next thing that we need to have Well, I'm sorry, Philippians 4, 7 uh, says this. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, right? Like it was, the dude at Starbucks peace was transcending my understanding. Like I couldn't grab a hold of it, right? Transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That the peace of God, that doesn't even make sense. Whether things are going terrible, whether things are going great, whether you're in a position where you really wish God would do something different in your life, or whether you're in a position where God is doing great things, but you're looking for for what's coming next, no matter what happens, when we rest in the peace that God has set aside for us, then we're resting in the purpose and the plan that God is going to use us for. So we have to have peace, man, slow down life and calm down. And so the essentials provide peace, which is a fruit of the spirit. When you have peace, you are resting in Christ and what the Holy Spirit wants for you, right? Second thing that we want to have is joy in Christ alone. Joy in Christ alone. So like I was saying, I'm a pretty, like, I'm an easy guy to please, right? Bacon, cheeseburger, gun, and explosives, it's really not that hard, right? Like, Father's Day is easy at our house. Give me something to blow up, something to shoot, something to eat, we're good to go, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I know some of you guys want like a tractor or something. Not me, I just want, so that's where I'm at. The problem is, what happens when the thing that we want so bad is no longer something we can have? Does our joy disappear because the thing that brought us joy disappeared. Uh, I'm reminded of a guy named Bob Sorge, who was a great worship leader, especially in the late 90s, right? Uh, and he had put more of his emphasis not on the God that he was worshiping, but on how he was worshiping God. In other words, worship became his focus, but the God who he was worshiping had not become his focus. Does that make sense? And so uh, what happened is in one quick moment, God completely took his voice away. And if you ever hear him talk, even today, decades later, he talks like this and it's very low um, and he can't sing. He can actually only speak for a couple of hours a day and then he has to rest his voice for the next day, right? And what would happen if all the things that we think that we're great at and all the things that bring us the most joy, we were never allowed to do again? Some of us would crumble if we couldn't do the things that brought us the most joy, if we couldn't have the things that brought us the most joy. But when your joy is in Christ alone, that is something that no one can ever take away. That is something that you do not lose. That is something that does not walk away from you. You do not not lose the ability to have joy in Christ because the grace that has been provided to you is constantly available. The mercy is new every morning. In other words, your joy that is in Christ only is something that only Christ can provide and it never disappears. So when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you wake up and if you're constantly focused on other things but you lose the ability to do other things, then what do you do? But when you wake up in the morning, you say, man, I may not have what I want to have, but I don't, I have Jesus and that's just good enough. I may not be where I want to be, but I am where God has brought me. I could be in a pit. I could be in a prison. I could be in the morgue. I could be dead right now, but Jesus chose to take me from where I was to where I am. I don't have everything I want, but I got more than I deserve. I haven't become everything I want to become, but I've become more than I could possibly imagine. Why? Because Christ is alive inside of me. And when 
we wake up with that mentality, I don't care what people are putting on Instagram. I don't care what people are talking about on Facebook. I'm focused on what God has done in and through my life and what he's gonna use me to do today to impact somebody else. Man, we have to be our joy. You can't tell, circumstances in life can make me upset, but they can't take my joy away. Because my joy is in what Christ has already done on the cross. It's in what he's already transformed me in. I look back at where I could be and I look at where I am. Man, there's nothing anything can do that can take that away from me. So our joy is in Christ alone. Mark 4, 19 and 20, it says, But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and they choke the word. Talking about the promises, the word of God. And it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it, and they bear fruit. What are you talking about with fruit? They bear peace. They bear joy. They bear love. They bear gratefulness. They bear forgiveness. They bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. In other words, how is God transforming your heart? How is God transforming your life based on the fact that the word of God is in you each and every single day, and it's transforming you from who you used to be to who you are, and from who you are to who God wants you to be because that's what joy in Christ does. Problem is when we put joy in entertainment, it never quite fulfills. Philip Holmes gives us this quote uh, in an article that he wrote because how many guys know that essentially what we're doing when we're constantly fixed on Facebook and Instagram and all those things, essentially what we're doing is we're looking for endless entertainment. Like we just want to be entertained, right? Endless entertainment is a cruel master that seeks to devour our true joy and lead us away from Christ. In other words, it wants to take the place of what God wants for us. So it pulls us away from Christ. So endless entertainment over promises, but under delivers, and it is unable to satisfy what our hearts truly want, which is rest. So it uh, reminds, how many guys have ever uh, binge watched a TV show before, right? Y'all are like, I know some of y'all, yeah. You post about it on Facebook. So like, <laughs> Binge watch a TV show. Me and my wife, we just got done binge watching a TV show uh, over uh, a couple months. So we watch it, you know, at nighttime while we're winding down. She falls asleep to it while I'm wide awake watching it. So, um, so I have one, we have that marriage relationship where I say, ooh, let's watch this. And she goes, I don't want to watch that. And I'm like, well, what do you want to watch? I want to watch this. All right, fine. So we watch this. Ten minutes later, she's asleep, and I'm too lazy to get up for the remote control. So I'm watching the show that she'd made me. Anyway, so... But all that to say, right? All that to say, right? Anybody ever binge watch through a TV show? You know what I mean? Like, you got three days off of work and before you know it, you've grown a beard and you lost the Cheez Its box under the couch, but you finished the whole TV show. We just finished a TV show and uh, it was one of those things where we finished the very last episode, right? So it's the last episode, the show concludes, and it's literally like, man, what do we do now? Like, like, for, like some of us are, I see some of you going through withdrawals when your show goes off, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't have Barbara from the show to tell me what I should do in life right now, you know? Like, they're not, you have no encouragement because that character is gone. So, um, but what happens, man, like what tends to happen when, when we get there is we don't recognize that we've allowed whatever it is. It could be a TV show or it could be anything else in life. Like the question becomes like, man, what has become your God? And I don't mean that like over-religiously and cliche, but I'm talking about what is bringing us joy. 
What is bringing us joy? Like, what, where is our life committed to, right? And so, uh, when, we're, when we're doing that, one of the things that I started, especially in young people, like, they start going through withdrawals. Like, I'm genuinely concerned about the next generation of young people that what if something happened to their technology? I literally think we would start to see like significant depression. We're already seeing significant depression, but then they would have no outlet to post about it and God only knows what would happen next. Like, anyways, moving on. Number three, number three is that in the elevating the essentials, and the essentials lead us to a life filled with love. I know that sounds very hippie-ish, right? Like, it's just love, man. No, like, a life filled with love, a love for God, a love for family, a love for friends, but also a love for the freedom from the master of endless entertainment. Like this desire to constantly be entertained. I wrote down a couple of quotes. Uh, first, it says, uh, first, if I'm honest, entertainment, we, uh, I was writing this about a place where I was in life. Uh, and it said, if I'm honest, entertainment was used to distract me from the guilt of sin, the friction in my relationships and my anxiety of life. It became what daily prayer and Bible reading should have been, which is a safe haven to retreat to for rest and comfort. Like, we have to stop letting, even for me, right? Like, and we have, there are moments, there are times, even in my life, where everything's not great. I know some of you guys have a hard time believing that, right? Like, there are days I wake up, and we have bad days too. We're pastors, we have bad days too. One of the things I've noticed about myself is when things get heavy, I tend to get fixated on my phone, right? When things get tough, why? Because I become distracted from the problems of life, some of us like to live vicariously through what we see in social media so that we don't have to face our problems. That's good. I don't care if you believe it or not. So we just engulf ourselves on what's happening around us so that we don't, have to be, uh, we don't have to be moved by what's happening to us at that time, right? So when things get rough, we tend to start scrolling. So the problem is, is when we do that, it's actually taking us away from the thing that God wants for us, which is that he would be not our distraction, but our comforter in the midst of what we want distracted from. Like Jesus wants to meet us in our problems, not take us away from our problems. Like Jesus wants to meet us in our situations, not take us away from, we don't need to become distracted by, we don't need to become distracted from what's happening around us. We need Jesus to be the joy in our life, even when things are happening to us. Because I'm just like, Look, side note, spoiler alert, life is gonna get rough sometimes. You need something that is gonna help carry you through and technology can't be it. Friends can't even be it through social media. Jesus has to be it. You have to have a life filled with love where you're pursuing after Christ in all his goodness, in all his fullness, in everything that Jesus is, we have to pursue after Christ. I wrote another quote down. The funny thing about social media and trying to portray yourself as something you're not is that the people who know you in real life know you're full of it. That's the truth, man. I was, when I wrote that down, I was thinking about people that like, that we know them. And so we know how their marriage is going, but what they're posting on Facebook is like not how that's going. So they're like, oh, you're the best in the world. I'm like, I just saw you cussing out yesterday. Like, what are you talking about? 
calling it for how I see it. And the thing is, some of y'all have been, some of y'all have been friend requesting me on Facebook. The problem is, the problem with inviting your pastor to your Facebook page is they can see your Facebook page, people. <laughs> Sitting yesterday, scrolling through Facebook, like someone wrote some stuff. I was like, hmm, I wonder if they knew I can see that. And I keep scrolling. That's not good, right? Uh, but why? The thing is, is we have to stop pretending to be something that we're not. But more importantly, we have to stop pretending that everything's okay when it's not. I sat down with uh, two of my brothers. I consider them brothers. Uh, Pastor Aaron James, uh, Pastor Tyler Burns at Relevant Life and at New Dimensions. Uh, those two, uh, I believe you should have someone, it's a saying that we have between the three of us, that you should have someone close enough to you uh, they could destroy you if they wanted to, but they love you so much that they don't. You need to have people in your life that love you so much they could destroy you if they wanted to, but they love you so much that they don't. Um, because you can't be the only one that knows your secrets. If you're the only one that knows your secrets, you're going to die because it will eat you and consume you from the inside out. That's why I believe in small groups. That's why I push small groups so heavily. You need relationships where people can, you can give them information, you can talk to them, you can build relationships with people, you can meet people, and then you can uh, take the mask off, you can show them parts about you that you don't show to anyone else. I'm not telling you to show it to all 12 or 18 people in your small group. I'm just saying you might pick one or two that you become that close to. Why? Because all of us have stuff behind our mask that we don't wanna tell anyone else, but we gotta tell somebody. Why? Because if we don't, it will consume us. And I was sitting down at the table with Tyler and Aaron, and I was talking to them. He said, man, how's everything going? I hadn't seen him in like two weeks. How's everything going? I was like, man, everything's going good. The church is good. The family's good, blah, blah, blah. And they know me. Like they, know who, they know me better than anyone else knows me other than my wife. And I was like, yeah, things are great. And they're like, you're full of crap, man. Like, and I was like, they were like, how are things really going? Like, something's wrong. And I was just like, you're right. <laughs> you know, like, and then I just unloaded on them, right? I was just, you know, because I was, again, like, we have bad days too. And so, like, whether it's things with Jabin or whatever it is, like, man, I was just like, man, things have been getting rough. Like, I've been getting tired. You know what I mean? Like, we've been praying for a miracle for three years now, and we haven't seen what we want. You know what I mean? And it was just one of those things where, like, they were like, let's talk about it. Let's, let's pray about it. Like, let's do something about it. And when I left there, I felt great. But the problem is, is if you don't have someone in your life that you can sit down and just be real with. Not, I'm not real as in like drop 36 F-bombs to them. I'm talking real like, man, I'm going through this and I need someone to help me through this. If you don't have someone doing that, you're walking this road alone. And if you're walking this road alone, you're not living a life filled with love. And if you're not living a life filled with love, then you're never gonna make it. People that are pessimistic don't have friends. If you're always negative, no one wants to hang out with you. Can I just like be real with you for a second? If you look around, you're like, no one's ever around. Well, stop being such a negative Nancy, right? Like Debbie Downer, like chill out, you know? Sorry if your name's Debbie or Nancy, but you know, like stop being sister sandpaper that rubs everyone the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Like just, <laughs> I'm just saying, like we have to live a life of love, man, where we can engage with people and we can care about them and they can care about us. You need relationships. If you don't have relationships, and small groups is a great way to do that. We still got a few weeks left in our semester. Get in some small groups, build some relationships with some people that can help you get through what you're getting through so that you can start living a life filled with love, man, and just allowing God to work through that, right? So uh, the next, uh, I wrote a quote down. Um, it's probably gonna cause them to have to jump around for a second, but it says, satisfaction comes from being good at something. 
Fulfillment comes from being good for something. Satisfaction comes from being good at something. Fulfillment comes from being good for something. And how many of us have become so fixed on being good at something that we're seeing on social media, through technology, we've become good for nothing? Like we're not accomplishing any purpose. You know, people complain to me all the time. Wow, I'm so tired. Like, I, I talk to young people, man. I talk to young people all the time. And the young people have this thing because they're constantly entertained and they're constantly fixed. And they think that because, like, every person, again, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, we compare, because of social media, we compare our behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel. Right? So it's like, oh, like some of you ladies are like, look how pretty that girl is. Well, she just put on makeup for three hours. Of course she's pretty. Like you just can't, you like face off the pillow in the mirror, you, you don't look the way she looks, you know what I mean? She don't even look the way she looks. Like, but here it is nonetheless, right? Like we gotta stop comparing our behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel, man. And so young people come to me and talking to teenagers and I've been telling them, listen, you don't need to live the life that everybody else wants you to live. You need to live the life that God wants you to live. So some of you parents that are making your kids go to college so that you feel better about yourself and how you raise them, you need to stop that junk. Stop, stop living your life through your child just because you weren't good enough to live it when you were a teenager. You need to start letting your kids figure out what they wanna do. I'm not telling not to guide them, guide them. Like lead them, you know? Give them options, but don't tell them what they're gonna do. So I got young people showing up in my office. Pastor Brad, man, man I gotta get a job. Like, All right, yeah, you should get a job. You're 18 years old, like, get a job, you know? Like, yeah, but I hate my job. I'm like, duh. <laughs> Half the 38 year olds hate their job. What you think, how do you think this works, man? Like, you're 18, you're not supposed to love your job. You know, like 18 year olds that love their job are rare, you know? I was like, I, I know people that have been working at the same company for 30 years and they've hated it for 30 years, you know? Like, but my whole point is, is it's like, we have this mentality that we're supposed to love every single thing that we do and how we do it. And especially teenagers have like, and not even just teenagers, Young adults and teenagers nowadays have this mentality that because they get on social media and they see someone doing awesome things, that they're supposed to love everything that they do. You're not gonna love everything you do, but you can find joy in everything you do. Like the essentials. You can have peace about a job that you don't particularly care for. You can find joy in creating an impact in someone else's life on a job that you don't necessarily wanna to go to. So the question becomes this, maybe you're flipping burgers, right? You're flipping burgers, but uh, no one, I mean, I've done it, but maybe God didn't put you there just to flip burgers. Maybe God put you there to flip burgers and to minister to the person who's frying the french fries. Like, maybe you don't like being a banker. I don't know. Maybe God didn't put you there just to be a banker. God puts you there to impact someone else's life with the gospel of Jesus Christ that happens to come to that bank. Maybe God didn't put you there as a nurse just to be a nurse. Maybe he wants you to influence someone's life with hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Why are we constantly looking for gratitude uh, with satisfaction, looking for satisfaction in things that are worldly while never finding satisfaction in things that are godly? 
So we minimize reading our Bible. We minimize uh, praying. We minimize worship. We minimize church attendance. We minimize every opportunity to get closer to God, but we wonder why the world is not giving us satisfaction. Well, because it was never supposed to. Number four, the last one, we have victory through grace. Victory through grace. And so here's the thing, right? Is that we all have something inside of us that we're not necessarily proud of. The difference is, I mean, I grew up in church where it was all the devil's fault. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, some of y'all, some of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all been coming into like counseling and stuff with us, and they're like, "Man, the devil's just at work with me this week." I'm like, "That ain't the devil, man. That's just you." <laughs> just saying, like, don't get me wrong. The devil is out there. The, the scripture is clear. He's out there like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Right? He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. The the enemy certainly has a plan to get you. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's not accurate. I'm saying most of the problems that I have in life isn't even the devil, man. It's just me. When I wake up every morning, I don't have to pray against the devil doing stuff to me. I have to pray against myself. Like my addiction problem is my addiction problem, or my anger problem is my anger problem, or my whatever attitude problem is my attitude problem. Some of y'all don't need to be delivered from alcohol. Some of y'all need to be delivered from attitude. Like, yeah, I did something, no one clapping on that one. It's like, oh, that's me. Right? Like, but all of us have things about life. So the thing about victory through grace is this idea. Uh, I, I wrote this down. I said, our sinful nature is a wicked, deceitful being manipulated by the enemy to drive us to defeat daily from the thing which we so desperately need to be saved from, which is ourself. So the enemy's at work, don't get me wrong. But every day I have to make a choice to not be like me. And I think when we grab a hold of that, we grab a hold of real truth. The problem is, is even in the religious circles, man, we've spent so long trying to not do the things that the church said was bad, that we've spent so little time actually doing the things that God said was good. And so it's like, man, as long as I'm not doing this, and as long as I'm not doing that, and as long as I'm not doing that, which brings us full circle back to Colossians 3, which is the opening scripture that we talked about in this whole series. And people are asking us like, man, are you asking me, Colossians 3 doesn't really make much sense for this. Well, here's the reason why I chose Colossians 3 for this series. It says, set your heart on things that are above where Christ is at the right hand of God. Whether it's your cell phone, whether it's your iPad, whether it's your computer, whether it's your TV guide or your newspaper, all of us have things in life that were put there for enjoyment, but have become entertainment and they're drawing us away from what God wants. God wants us to just want God. God wants to be first in everything that we do. He wants, to, he wants to be our best friend. He wants us to find complete joy and peace in him. He wants our love to be rooted in him. He wants everything that we do to be centered around him. So God's goodness and how great God is, he wants that to be what we want. Our victory comes through the grace that has been offered to us and afforded to us by Jesus Christ. And so our victory stands already. Why? Because God has already won. Some of us are worried 
warring against the enemy, but the enemy has already been defeated. We've been warring against sin and ourselves, but our sin has already been paid for. We've been warring against our own desires, but our desires have to be God. Set your heart, set your mind on the things that are above. Look to where God is. Like, look where Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because all the good things, your peace, your joy, your love, your self-control, your gentleness, your forbearance, all of those things are already where God is. So stop seeking the things that are below. Stop caring about what so-and-so is doing on Facebook. Stop caring about what so-and-so has. Start looking for what God wants for you because he has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you and he wants to use you to transform a generation, to transform. He wants to change your home. He wants to change your workplace. He wants to change your neighborhood and he wants to do it through you. So we got to avoid the addictions, destroy the distractions like we talked about week one or two and elevate the essentials. How do we do that? By fixing our mind on the things that are above, not the things that are below and seeking where Christ is at the right hand of God. Some of us need to allow God to transform our lives. Some of us need to be transformed. Some of us are saved and we just need to be reminded that we need to elevate the essentials, start focusing on what God wants for us and the spirit in us. But maybe you're in this place and you don't even know Jesus. You know about Jesus the same way you know about Abraham Lincoln. There's a dude that did some things one time, but Jesus is so much more than that. Bow your heads with me across this place. If you're sitting here, if you're watching on live stream and you're thinking to yourself, man, uh, I know about God, but I know that I'm not where I want to be with God. Pastor, if I died today, if something happened to me today, I don't know if I would go to heaven. The Bible is clear. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Jesus isn't your personal Lord and Savior. Then your eternity is out of bounds. You don't know the, the end game for you. So here's the truth. When you were born, you were born with a sinful nature. So was I. So was everyone else in here. We were born with sin in our life. The way we get rid of that sin, because we can't do it on our own, is that we put our faith in Jesus Christ. So when he died on the cross, because he died a perfect man, when he died on the cross, he paid the price for our sin that we couldn't possibly pay ourselves. And when he died for us, he gave us a way to get to heaven. And if you don't have your faith in Jesus Christ today, heaven is not your current destination, but God can change that right now. If you're watching us on live stream or you're in this place today, I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I wanna pray for you today. And you say, Pastor, I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I wanna put my faith in Christ today. I wanna be saved. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up. God bless you. God bless you. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I want Jesus in my life today, Pastor. God bless you. If you're watching us on live stream, I want Jesus in my life today. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together. I wanna remind you, this prayer does not make you saved. Your faith, repenting, turning away from your sin, 
and putting your faith in Jesus Christ is the only thing that makes you saved. But we wanna make a public proclamation today that Jesus is now the Lord of your life. The whole church is gonna pray this prayer with you. I want you to repeat after me. Say it with me, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you lived a perfect life that you died on the cross for my sin and that you resurrected through your life, through your death and through your resurrection, I can be saved. I believe in you. I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that pray that. Perhaps for the very first time we celebrate with you. Man, congratulations. Here's what we want you to